T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 312-300-980. It's touchdown at 10 on a Monday morning. Touchdown at 10 on Mondays mean only one thing. And that, of course, our conversation breaking down the commander's victory yesterday and the rest of the National Football League with our guy, Jay Gruden. So, Jay, good morning, sir. Is anybody going to pull him up? There we go. There we go. Sorry about that, Denton. Jay, are you with us? I am. All right, we got you. Yep, we got you. Thanks. Jay, Aaron Rodgers laying face down in the middle of FedEx Field, a place he's never won in the regular season. And who would have thought his final pass of the game would be a cross-field pass that would skip through the legs of an offensive lineman sideways across the field. And uh, yet another team that's had a great brand over the last couple of years, Jay, struggling right now as Washington finds a way, 23-21. Thoughts on how Taylor Heineke got things right and got Washington a big victory? Yeah, he was a little scary at first. I think he might have had a little jitters, a little rust, but uh, once he got going and you know, he's a great competitor. That's what you love about Heineke, man. He'll compete. And uh, he faced adversity, overcame it, made some big plays, and got the victory. Jay, when you're on the sideline in that particular situation, right, if you could, you know, kind of re- remember times where your quarterback got off to a slow start, especially one somewhat unique where he hasn't played in a while, but yet you know what he can do when he gets the oil running through the engine. What do you tell your guy? Do you, is it just calm down, man, one step at a time? Or are do you ride him hard because you know he can do it? You leave him alone? How do you kind of deal with, uh, I guess, that from a coaching perspective? I think it's important for a guy who hadn't played a little bit, seen a little heat, maybe a little pressure, uh, to make sure you keep his spirits up. You know what I mean? You don't want to berate him and uh, yell at him! Don't turn the ball over. You want to be, you want to be, you want to be positive. Right. Try to uplift them and get them going, and try to get them in a flow. Get them some easy completions, uh, which they did a good job of. I think Scott did a good job getting some easy completions, some crossing routes, uh, and then got them some rhythm and uh, was able to make some plays down the field and and uh, played very well after the first terrible start in the first quarter. But and and that all makes sense. But do you talk to him a lot, or is it almost like I'm going to leave him alone because I know what he is and I know he can get it going. I'm not going to ride his ass in the headsets or on the sidelines. Sometimes it's just a pat on the ass and just say, hey, man, just keep your head up and let's keep grinding. Gotcha. You know what I mean? That's, that's yeah. sometimes all you need. I don't, some guys don't want to hear a whole story about what you did wrong in your footwork and just keep talking and I can't you know what I mean just let's just be brief be positive and get ready to get out get to the next series I think previewing the next series getting his mind off the the previous couple bad plays and let's preview the next series and get him going and get in the positive mindset moving forward 
Jay, is that where you as a coach almost have to be a part-time psychologist and, and handle the different mentalities of 53 different dudes out there on a football field? Yeah, I, I kind of felt like a psychologist more than a coach there towards the end of the year, my end of my career there. I mean, there's a lot of personalities, not just players, but coaches and uh, front office and all that stuff that you're dealing with on a nonstop basis. And that's the grind of it. You know, coaching football is easy, to be honest with you. Drawing up plays and coming up with plays and, and the meetings and the practices, those are fun. It's the other stuff that uh, can grind on you a little bit. Uh, but it's necessary part of the job, and that's what kind of separates probably the great coaches from the average to the poor coaches, the guys that can handle all that. Um, so after the pick six yesterday, which came on a third down, which was 0 of 4 on third down, combined with the 3 of 22 the previous two weeks, so you're 3 of 26, you've got zero confidence, and now it's cost you officially points, right? I, I, the, the next drive they come out, Jay, and they get a couple of third and ones, and obviously, as you know, every play caller would rather have third and one, third and eight, uh, than third and eight, third and nine, but third and one, third and one, they convert both of them. I think one was a pass, one was a run uh, to Brian Robinson, and then the touchdown was another third down, and this one was like third and eight. How important do you think it was to getting off that third down schneid to get the third and ones, and obviously the conversions to kind of get the ball rolling in the right way after such a disastrous last couple of weeks. Yeah, to me, that's a difference in the game. Third down conversion rate. You can look at that. Turnovers, obviously, is the most important, but third down conversions and red zone conversion rate, those are the stats and those are the situations you have to be very good at in order to win these close games. I mentioned it before. There's a lot of parity in the NFL right now, and you can separate yourself and rise above it if you are good on third down, keep your team on the field, keep drives going, keep your defense fresh. And Washington finally started to do that uh, with three or four in a row right there. Jay, what's wrong with Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay's offense? Is it simply personnel right now? Uh, I think there's a lot of things. I don't think they have a lot of faith in their down-the-field attack. You know, I don't think they have enough speed to really push the ball down the field, so they're re- relying on a lot of quick quick passing games, quick screens, uh, trying to get the running game going. And then even when they do have third and eight, they don't have a lot of faith. They're still throwing the ball quick to get the ball out of his hands. Uh, they got to get some speed out there. They need somebody that can get some separation and right now. You know, Randall Cobb, Dobbs, Lazard, uh, Tunyon, these guys aren't guys that are going to get a lot of separation. So uh, they got to figure something out because, uh, you know, last three or four weeks it hadn't been pretty. When you're uh, all right, so if you were Matt LaFleur uh, and in this particular spot, knowing how prickly, let's just say, Aaron Rodgers is, and knowing that, you know, again, yeah, you weren't going to be able to keep Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, and Devontae seemed like he wanted to go, you know, and play with Derek Carr and all, all that stuff. So, like, how do you coach up Aaron Rodgers? Or, again, do you leave that guy alone uh, when he's, you know, when he's basically looking at you on the sidelines saying, like, what are we doing here? Like, how do you approach that? And knowing, oh, my gosh, you got to go at Buffalo on Sunday night football here. Yeah, I mean, it's hard because they're running a similar type plays they had with Devontae. It's just they're not getting any separation. Mm-hmm. I think the first third down, they ran the, the quick seam to, to Lazard, and he dropped it. Yeah. Uh, you know, he yeah. had a little bit of separation, and you know they've thrown these other plays that there's nobody open. So he's trying to buy time and trying to keep plays alive as long as he can, and their offensive line isn't good enough to hold up that long, and he's not quite as nimble as he has been in the past. But uh, you can just clearly see, at least I can, uh, that there aren't many guys open, and when they are, you know, the guys are misjudging it, or they're dropping the ball, or or what have you. But they have to, they have to start to get better at wide receiver. Or they're they're going to struggle the rest of the year. Jay, with the weapons being a little bit deeper this time around for Taylor Heineke, is there is there a reason to believe they can 
continue this little bit of a run they've got going. They've won two games in a row now and certainly showed a little bit more fire uh, on offense. Maybe they get Dotson back from the hamstring sooner rather than later. I mean, is it possible that, that Taylor is able to flourish a little bit more with better weaponry around him and deeper weaponry now uh, this season? Yeah, I don't think there's any reason not to believe that. You know, if you look around the league, and with the exception of Buffalo and, uh, you know, Kansas City, there's not a lot of dominant football being played right now. You know, it's a struggle for a lot of teams. So these games are going to be close. And if you can maintain, convert some third downs, and your defense can continue to get better and better, then, you know, you get Chase Young back possibly pretty soon. Yes, there's – don't turn the ball over, convert some third downs. You're going to be in a lot of games because there's no real dominant team other than Buffalo and Kansas City right now, in my opinion. Well, I mean, Giants yeah. are playing well. Obviously, right. the Eagles are playing well. It's too bad the NFC East is the best probably division of football right now. But still, when you're competing for the wild card spot, you know, you're looking at the NFC West who's struggling a little bit. Right. You know, the NFC South, they really don't have anybody. NFC North, you know, really Green Bay struggling. Minnesota's, you know, got the, you know, clear pass of the playoffs. Other than that, you know, there's it's wide open in my opinion. Yeah, they're right there. Uh, we, you know, we opened up the show talking about that. Uh, the Rams, who you're a consultant for, and Sean McVay, are, are three and three. Played one less game than Washington. Uh, Washington is three and four now. Have head to head over Green Bay and three and four with a bunch of other teams, including San Francisco and uh, Atlanta and so on and so forth. So they're right in the thick of things, right on the outside looking in, if you will, of the expanded playoff field. I mean, plenty of time uh, to sort that out. Um, wanted to ask you about Terry. You know, we've talked obviously about uh, target share and all that stuff, and right away uh, yesterday they got they were at least targeting him, which was a good sign. Then they throw uh, the touch. But Jay, the the two catches and the two plays he had on the final drive, one on second down, one on third down, which gets them first downs and kills the Green Bay timeouts. You know, Pete and I were talking about this earlier. One, he stays inbounds, which forces them to use Green Bay's first timeout uh, after getting the first down. And then the other one, Pete pointed this out, he came back, drove, and came back for his quarterback and helped his quarterback out. As a coach, how big – obviously, they're significant plays, but when you see that, those little things, what does that mean to you? Well, he better uh, come back to the ball because that's what receivers have to do. You can't wait for the ball to get to you. and the ball's in the air, you better come back and use your strong hands again. That was the best throw Heineke had all day, in my opinion. I mean, that was incredible. He got somebody right in his face. He threw it with anticipation to only a place where Terry could get it, and Terry did a great job of sticking his foot down and coming back to the ball and snatching it with his hands. And uh, That ball could only have been thrown in one location uh, at one time of that route. I mean, a split second later, he was going to be sacked or the ball would have been tipped. Uh, earlier, uh, Terry would have never got to it. So a uh, heck of a play by Taylor there and uh, Tyler and a uh, great play by McLaurin. Jay, for the fans that don't necessarily know, uh, you know, what is the life of a backup quarterback during the course of the week in preparation? Because, you know, I mean, look, you can get stale uh, as a backup quarterback. There just isn't a whole lot going on for you uh, during the course of the week, uh, you know, in the season. What's the key to that backup quarterback staying ready, not just mentally knowing the game plan, but physically, as you said, throwing with anticipation, throwing balls on time to the right spot uh, where your elite playmakers can go make elite plays for you like McLaurin did yesterday. Yeah, you're right. It takes a lot of character, and uh, they better be prepared because when their number's called, you better be able to call the same plays you called with the starter, and they better be mentally prepared. And then physically, they just have to take the reps and get the reps when they can. 
Uh, maybe stay after with some of the young practice squad guys, get some extra throws in that regard. But typically, they're going to still get all the scout team reps, which is still good work for them. A lot of similar concepts run around the NFL, so you'll get some uh, decent work. And then individually, you get some decent work. But, yeah, that's, that's tough for a quarterback because you want as many reps as you can. And when you don't get many reps with your first team offense and all of a sudden, okay, get in there. Uh, it, it's tough for a lot of guys. But the pros, they can handle it, and uh, they'll be ready. Jay Gruden with us, as he is each and every Monday for Touchdown at 10. All right, I wanted to ask you something from early in the game yesterday. I think it was Washington's first possession, right? They're hemmed in all the way inside their five-yard line. They complete like a, a harmless like three-yard catch to the left flat, and Matt LaFleur challenges it. Uh, and it's upheld as a catch, so he loses the challenge. and um, Or, I'm sorry, he won the challenge. I, I, I'm sorry, he won the challenge. Would you, <laughs> on a three-yard play, because of where the field position was, would you challenge something like that and risk it and, and, and have it blow up on you and lose a timeout and all that stuff? Or is that just a thing like, hey, man, they're, you know, they're a struggling offense, and I've got them hemmed in all the way near my goal line. Uh, three yards is important in that spot. That's a tough call. I personally would have saved my challenges because you just never know with the referees nowadays. You know, there's a lot of big right. plays to be had right. throughout the course of the game. However, that part of the field is very unique, and once you back somebody up, you want to keep them hemmed up as much as you can, make them punt, make Tressway stand with his heels barely outside the end line like he did, and he got it out of there. But uh, that's that. I think I think Matt would really would rather have that one back and not challenge that one and save him. Jay, I know the competition last year on the schedule was uh, a smidge more elite than it is this year overall, but how does the defense go from giving up 48% on third down to virtually nothing on third down right now? It's really been an amazing 180 uh, for this Washington defense, and also in the fact that, Jay, they didn't stand pat. When you have players that aren't playing well, you go find somebody else. And, and they, they made that bold move uh, as well. And it seems to be paying dividends for a defense that was woeful the first couple of weeks, but really seems to be coming into its own right now. Yeah, sometimes you got to get the right personnel in there that match and play well together. And it also helps you play Chicago, whose offense is horrific, and, and Green Bay, who struggled mightily the last four or five weeks. But uh, they're going to have to you know rise to the challenge. They're going to play better and better offenses as the season goes on. But to get this confidence and see what they are capable of doing and actually doing it on a Sunday against the Aaron Rodgers is very good for the confidence and, and the morale for this football team. So moving forward, the standards are set higher and higher and higher and they better uh, keep playing like it because they're going to have to because they're going to play some better offenses with some more uh, bona fide weapons. Jay Gruden with us. Spin around the NFL here. Carolina, Jay, beats uh, Tampa 21-3. Go figure after they trade Christian McCaffrey, fire Matt Rule, um, you know, all that. Uh, here's my question to you. I mean, obviously Brady and the Bucks offense struggling terribly. We all know that. Mike Evans drops a wide open touchdown early in that game, deep over the middle of the field. Can a play like that, when you lose seven points like that, and you should have had those seven points, can that affect you the re psychologically and mentally the rest and emotionally the rest of the game? Or is that something coaches and players can just wipe out and just uh, move on to the next play? Well, I think it can affect some younger type players. It should affect a guy like Mike Evans or Tom Brady, guys with their experience. They understand their the football game is going to ebb and flow. You're going to have your ups and downs, and you got to just continue to grind, and uh, you got to play. To just score three points against Carolina – uh, with the weapons that they have, is, is unheard of. I mean, you Tom Brady, Mike Evans, and you, know, you got to score a point. you got to score a touchdown, for God's sake. 
Um, so, yeah, I think uh, they got to take a long, hard look at themselves in the mirror. Coach uh, Leftwich better get something uh, going for these guys to succeed. I mean, they're right in the thick of things as well. They still right in there for the NFC South. But uh, it's just I just can't figure it out what's going on with Tampa Bay. That's the weirdest deal I've seen. Uh, maybe the one, the complete opposite of that is what's happening in Seattle with Pete Carroll and company criticized so much uh, for moving on from Russell Wilson. And not, not many expectations there, and I know it's only seven weeks in, but the journeyman Geno Smith, and now it looks like the addition of Kenneth Walker III taking over for the injured Rashard Penny. All of a sudden, Jay, Seattle's sitting there at four and three atop the, uh, which is supposed to be a really good NFC West. Yeah, I think other than Brian Dayball, I think Pete Carroll's done the best job so far. And and obviously Bill Belichick, what he's done with the quarterback situation there. Uh, those three coaches have to be really, con- I mean, I mean, unbelievable start so far with uh, nobody really giving them a chance. Um, but they're running the ball well, and they have legitimate weapons on the outside too. They have a guy that can throw it with DK Metcalf and lock it. Uh, they can wing it down the field and opens up the running game. And the young offensive line that they have are obviously playing at a very high level. Jay, Jay real quick, let me follow up on that. How the hell is Bill Belichick doing this? Because he's teaching Matt Patricia and Joe Judge as offensive coaches and coordinators along the way here. I mean, Matt, for a long time, was Bill's defensive disciple over there. How on earth are they doing that right now in New England? And only they know, I mean, look, we all saw, those of us who watch college football saw Zappi as a college player. We know he can throw it around there. But how on earth is that group doing that right now? Certainly short-term, I know. Not a lot of sample size. Defenses will catch up. But how on earth are they doing that there? Physical. They play a physical brand of football on both sides of the ball. Uh, Stevenson runs the ball hard between the tackles. they got another back that runs the ball hard, uh, opens up the play-action pass. They play within themselves. They don't turn the ball over, and they let their defense do their thing and create some turnovers of their own. Um, they play great complementary football, always have, always well when Belichick's coached them. Um, so you know, when you play a physical brand of football, you don't turn the ball over, and you have a good, solid defense that does create turnovers, it's a recipe for success. And uh, they've been doing it, and they're going to continue to do it because you know Matt Jones isn't the guy that's going to turn it over. Zappi hasn't turned the ball over very often, and, and their defense plays hard, physical football. Uh, all right. Uh, I don't know if you got to see much of this game. I didn't get to see any of it because I was at the stadium yesterday, but, you know, Indianapolis is their next opponent. Tennessee beats them 19-10. Yeah, kind of a typical Tennessee indie game. With Matt Ryan, here's my question. Uh, last week he was great against Jacksonville. I think he threw for almost 400 or over 400 yards. And then yesterday throws 44 times, Jay. Uh, you know, but the number's much more pedestrian, and they got Jonathan Taylor back. Is that – um? Is that is what you've seen out of Matt Ryan so far concerning, or is that understandable considering they've had some offensive line issues? Again, Taylor missed some time, and he's a new quarterback again in a new system. Well, I think it's concerning. Matt Matt can handle the offense mentally. That's not the issue. I think uh, physically right now with his inability to move, uh, he's a sitting duck back there, and the offensive line struggling just enough where he's getting hit and uncomfortable. He threw a couple horrific picks yesterday. Um, that you know, the pick six could have been picked by one of two different guys. He, he was you can't make those throws as a veteran quarterback like that. And the second pick, he threw it right to David Long, uh, right in his chest. Um, these are things that you can't have happen. We just talked about Belichick, and they don't turn the ball over. They play physical. They punt when they have to punt, and their defense creates turnovers. Right now. 
uh, Indianapolis turn the ball over, and their defense isn't doing much to get off the field as well. So they're struggling. Uh, Matt's struggling. The offensive line's struggling. But getting Jonathan Taylor back and trying to get back to that physical brand of football, of running a football and getting your play action going, will help Indianapolis. Jay, I'll let you out on this. I know that what's going on in Buffalo with Allen and Diggs is pretty special, but is there anybody better than Burrow and Chase right now as a quarterback-wide receiver combo in the National Football League? Yeah, if, if, if the offensive line protects Burrow, that, that's that's scary. Boyd's not bad either, and Higgins isn't bad either. I mean, they have legitimate weapons, and Joe Mixon out of the backfield is one of the best in the business. So their offensive weapons are second to none, uh, and if you give him time, it's going to be a nightmare. They're going to score points after points after points. The way to get to them is hitting him and hitting him hard like teams did when they knocked him out of the playoffs uh, or, you know, what the Rams did to him at the end of the year. Uh, Baltimore tried to do it in the playoffs, but they – the, the Bengals ended up winning, but um, that's a dangerous football team and, and fun to watch. IJ, I, I, I can't let you out of here by asking this. Uh, who do you have in hell in a cell this Sunday in Indianapolis, Dan Snyder or Jim Irsay? <laughs> I'm gonna shake hands before the game. That's what I want to know. I don't know. I don't know. I, Can we as get, hey, we as Pete calls it, I don't know if they're gonna be taking yeah. that family photo that right. Dan and Dan and Jerry were taking a couple of weeks ago. You know. Yeah, that'll be a fun one. <laughs> Jay, appreciate you, pal. Thank we'll you, talk Jay. to you next Monday. All right, guys. Thank you, guys. Jay Gruden joining us here. And to his point, by the way, people, I, t- I tell you this all the time when I talk about Cincinnati. Tyler Boyd is good enough to be a one on some teams. Yeah. He's three in Cincinnati. Okay, He's wide receiver three. He had eight for 155 in a school yeah. yesterday. Yeah. So I'm just I'm just telling you, that, that group is starting to get it back together and clearly, when you look at that division, I mean, that division's wide open. Uh, you know, Pickett with two chances to get the Steelers, a go-ahead touchdown, can't convert. The Browns are struggling uh, right now. Baltimore refuses to uh, get separation in the division while the Bengals were struggling, and they've allowed Cincinnati to stick around. And now the Bengals closing back in there uh, in that uh, AFC North. It's going to be a heck of a second half of the season uh, between uh, the Bengals and Baltimore because I, I think the Steelers in Cleveland are playing their way out of this thing right now. 301-230-0980. You heard what Jay had to say. Let's react to that and more talking football. We'll talk about the ancillary stuff tomorrow and Wednesday and stuff like that. But we're talking football. Washington's won two in a row. They've done it in two completely different ways. And yesterday they beat one of the league's best ever, 23-21. 301-230-0980. That's how you get to us here till noon right here on the Team 980 and streaming live for free on the auto. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back. 
and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. So, yeah. Uh. Uh. Love Stevie Wonder. Are the Wizards, or excuse me, the Commanders, just your part-time lover right now? (laughs) Okay, they've won two in a row. So is this relationship you've sustainable? Of, you've had a couple of good dates. Maybe you got yeah. to second base. You let me know you made it home. Yeah, you know, it's starting to get. Hey, just let me know you made it home. Yeah. Two in a row. Now you got Indianapolis coming up. It's a 50-50 game on the road. You're playing a little tonsil hockey. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, but wait a minute. Wait a minute. Indianapolis represents a little bit more, doesn't it? <laughs> yes. Indianapolis might represent uh, a, dip in, a dip Dan, in the old cookie jar. Look, if I'm Dan this week, I send one of my minions, not the guys, those people they sent to the stands yesterday, to take those bags <laughs> off and the signs down. Dan wants to get cutouts of Jim Ursay. And put them up in the locker room this week. Put them on the whiteboards. Put them all over the facility. Do you think any of his players actually even know who Jim Irsay is? Oh, absolutely no, they know. Oh, yeah. Come on, Chris. This is 2022. Players are smarter than they've ever been before. Players are more knowledgeable about anything they've ever been before because there are so many other places now to get that knowledge. Yeah, I mean, they they should be. They know who he is. Dan needs to have them put pictures of Ursay up all over the facility as motivation this week. Public enemy number one. Okay? That's what, you know, just like those great posters that Go-Go bands used to put up mm-hmm. all over Pennsylvania Avenue uh, for the Go-Go's at Classics and other places there in Forestville. We need to have one of those posters up that says public enemy number one and a picture of Jim Ursay this week. Just a little extra motivation for the Washington football team to win three in a row. Okay. Two, two in a row is okay. Cause you beat Aaron Rodgers. It feels a little different. Beating Aaron Rodgers is different than beating Justin Fields in the bears. Okay. I agree. So, all right. I don't know. Even if the players know who Jim Mercy is, which you contend that they do, I contend that probably many of them don't. Um, because they're so insulated, because they're so like I don't think you know into in, video Chris, games this, this is and whatever. Twenty twenty two. These guys are not as insulated anymore All as right. you think. Okay, but even if, even if that's the case, do you think they look at a picture of Jim Mercy and go, "Oh my God, I gotta beat Jim Mercy's ass because I gotta protect the Danny Boy's legacy"? I, I, I don't I I don't see it that way. Of course, now, they're not going to do that. I don't. I, I'm, I'm being halfway facetious. I, I know, no, no, no. But I'm, I know and, that's. And that's what Dan, Dan probably has those yeah, guys yes. running around the facility yes. putting up pictures of Ursa. No, no, no. I knew you were being. With I, a I knew, circle and a line through it. I knew you were being sarcastic. I'm just kind of trying to, you know, color it up a little bit more here. He, but, he, here here's what I would say, though. Like, if you're Ron Rivera, you are running around preaching, hey, wait a second. Even though he ain't playing this week, this team 
this team that you're about to play, and if you can win, you get to 4-4 four and four and 500. And right, again, not that you're not in the thick of things, but you're seriously in the thick of things in the NFC. This team gave up on our quarterback, your teammate. That's how I think you sell this, besides just the obvious of you can get back to 500 at roughly the halfway point of your season with a home game against the um against the um uh what do you call it against, against the Minnesota Vikings who you know maybe 6 and 1 maybe 5 and 2 by the time they come in uh, I I guess my point is is you try and sell it any way you can because Going on the road to Indianapolis will be tough in and of itself. I mean, obviously, again, we just talked about Indianapolis. One week they're throwing for over 400 yards and everything looks great without Jonathan Taylor. Then they get Jonathan Taylor back against a pretty decent defense, but far from an elite defense in Tennessee. Uh, and, again, they can barely you know, scratch double digits, and that's with Jonathan Taylor back, right? So who knows what Matt Ryan is going to do this week. It's not going to be – I don't want to say it was easy yesterday, but it's not going to be – that easy or that Indianapolis doesn't have a lot of weapons, but they've got more weapons probably than Green Bay does right now. I mean, sure, Aaron Rodgers is Pittman, better than Matt Ryan, Pittman, but Pierce, Mo yeah, Alley Cox, the Pittman and Pierce probably fairly better good than offensive lines than what Rodgers is throwing. Right, to. I, I, I was having this discussion with somebody yesterday. I mean, Jonathan Taylor back. Yeah, I, we, yeah they couldn't run. We talked about AJ Dillon on uh, on on Friday. They couldn't run the ball. I mean, Aaron Jones. Both of his touchdowns come one on a middle screen and one on a boot. Um, you know, just a perfectly thrown ball. They ran Green Bay for thirty eight yards. Thirty eight yards. They only ran it. They only tried twelve times in a game that they had a fourteen three lead in late in the second quarter. Do you think Aaron Rodgers is staring at? The other side of the field going, man, Taylor Heineke is throwing to McLaurin, to Samuel, and he doesn't even have Dotson on the field. Or Logan Thomas. Or Logan Thomas. Cam Sims makes a key catch. I mean, I mean, Rodgers would love to have some of those dudes that Washington has amassed uh, in its wide receiver room. Uh, you know, I mean, again, yesterday, Armani Rodgers, or yeah, Armani Rodgers put into a, a, a tough spot uh, back in the lineup. Having to do some things yesterday uh, with with Thomas being down and and that's a that's a rookie uh, as well who of course was a former quarterback so you know the the things that Washington did yesterday and I and I I keep as much as we want to you know the Heineke Hive is is buzzing this morning and all the other stuff Chris I just want to go back and, and and again praise the defense here because one of those touchdowns obviously uh, was a pick six so the defense only gave up. Uh, 14 of those points yesterday and that group after just getting torched the first couple of weeks of the season I mean there was a six to eight quarter stretch there early in the year where you know second half of the Jacksonville game certainly the Detroit game part of the Philadelphia game as well in there where uh, you know early where you're like dang these guys these guys can't play now, all of a sudden, they're keeping this season alive for this team. Because as the offense is peeing down its leg last week in Chicago, the defense just refuses to let the Bears in the end zone, literally by inches, and and save that football game for you. And then yesterday, 
They continued Aaron Rodgers' struggles. They did not allow Green Bay to get that elixir that they need to get better. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I asked the question of, is this success right now sustainable for this team? Can you buy in here now that you've gotten two victories in a row where certainly a mild pattern of good defense is developing right now for this team. And in the short term, there's no doubt Taylor Heineke provides an IV for an offense that was pretty much suffering from a virus and needed to get hooked up to an IV because they were dehydrated and unproductive. I mean, there's no doubt that his resiliency and his tenaciousness Gives them competitiveness, gives them a little shot. His moxie gives them a little extra injection, a little shot of life. They, again, Green Bay is 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 not a good team by any stretch of the imagination, right? Um, but they're a pretty good defense. Not a great defense, but they're a pretty good defense. And yes, they only scored twenty three points, and three of those points came by a gift on the fumbled punt, on the muff punt inside the twenty. To your point earlier, they went, what, one of four in the red zone, right? So it could have been more points. Okay, you need more points ideally than 23 to scratch out wins in today's NFL, but maybe not. I mean, scoring is way down. 23 is better than 12. Absolutely. And scoring is down across the board in the NFL this year. We went through that just a couple of weeks ago, and I can bring up the current numbers uh, for you if you want to do that. But my point being is, you know, he gives them that that extra little, whatever you want to call it, gumption, that extra little belief in themselves, whatever it might be, and they were able to steady the ship, and they were able to, they were able to do, look, they, they, they were not able to do everything, but they were able to do the things that you need to do, take away big plays, get off the field on third down, obviously, um, Get pressure on Rodgers. Stop the run. Tackle pretty well. Outside of the penalties, which extended the drive on the Packers' second scoring drive, their second-to-last possession, outside of that, even the first touchdown, Pete, came after LaFleur made them re-kick because of another special teams penalty, which cost the Commandos 16 yards and went from the Green Bay 42 to the Washington 42, and then Aaron Rodgers... Ding, 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 ding. Lazard had a couple of catches, and then Aaron Jones on a middle screen, and he just bops over somebody uh, at the one-yard line. They, and then on offense, again, they controlled the clock. They ran the ball. They diversified their assets. They uh, The offensive line held up. They moved Taylor Heineke around in the pocket in the second half. They converted on third down. Again, time of possession. They got key plays from all of their Key weapons, if you will, Antonio Gibson, uh, Brian Robinson, Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel. And, and this is without, this is without John Dotson and Logan Thomas for the last three games. And who knows how much more. I mean, John Dotson, I don't know how you deal with that. I, I, I mean, clearly he wasn't going to play that yesterday. That, that should have come as no surprise, despite whatever he said on Friday. I don't know how you approach that for this Sunday. I mean, do you let him go out and practice on Wednesday if he's feeling good? I, I guess you do, right? Well, look, I mean, the posse, the posse was in town. Hopefully he talked to Gary Clark because no NFL wide receiver uh, did more with hamstring discomfort than Gary Clark did throughout the course of his NFL career. I mean, Gary Clark virtually never practiced. Um, you know, there were a couple seasons where Gary Clark virtually didn't practice 
uh, most weeks. It's very limited because of hamstring, and Gary still somehow uh, was productive as hell coming up uh, on Sunday afternoon. So maybe he needs to take a page out of the uh, Gary Clark book when it comes to uh, dealing with a hamstring. Let's go down to the 757, get our man Paul E. Dangerously in here. What's up, Paulie? Hell to the W, man. Hell to the W. No, hey, man, Bud Light is back in business. <laughs> Paulie, are you happy that we're just talking football instead of seat cushions today? Uh, hey, hey, you know what? F those seat cushions, man. <laughs> How about the cheese? How about the cheese heads that Percy Butler negotiated and stole from a Packers fan in the front row yesterday? Did you like that? Y'all two sound like the announcers from the dodgeball tournament. 23 is better than 12, Colin. <laughs> it is true. <laughs> hey, look, man. Hey, Rufio, you was taking something. You know, you, you was at night in a flame under me when you first came on because oh. I didn't know what, what, what the hell you was talking about, number one. And then you started <laughs> saying, talking about, oh, we nobody on this show said Heineke could throw the deep ball. Man, that was you all day. No, 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 Polly, 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 Polly. What, what, what I say when I say that? What I'm saying is consistently, he is not a vertical stretch the field passer, right? We would all agree well, with that. No, we wouldn't. How, we, how would we not? Consistently, Scott Turner is not a oh, vertically stop. aggressive coordinator. Ain't no stop. Watch they route. You watch the game. You Paulie, be the game. What has he been doing so busy, for six games this year? He's been trying to stretch the field. If, if, if you wasn't, no, no, no. He stretches the field when it's obvious that we need to stretch the field. I'm talking about part of the regular offense. He doesn't stretch the field with his plays, man. Look at the passer. Just watch the watch the route. It's obvious, man. And that's another thing. That red, he needs to tighten up on his red zone stuff, man. I mean, because, because we got, not lucky, but we got fortunate, you know, with kicking these field goals. Can't do that against quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers. You know, he was hurting a little bit yesterday, and, 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 they, and they struggling as a unit on offense anyways. But come on, man. We can't be doing that. That's, we should have been up in the 30s in the points. You know what I mean? So we need to turn him, man. It's, to me, this is still on Turner. All right? And if I'm wrong, Rivera, you know what I mean? I know we won. I'm glad we won, but I've been through this 30 years, man. We ain't winning consistently. So I'm, 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 I'm glad half empty guy right now. If I'm wrong, when them boys hit that field on two, this is going to be the toughest week of practice they've had in two years. If he really want to set the tone for this season and have a competitive season, because we're behind the eight ball still. This division is good. Right, and but the good thing about it is the teams that we need to jump ahead of for this playoff. Being y'all want to talk playoff, we still got to play a lot of these teams: Minnesota, San Francisco, uh, Atlanta. You know what I mean? So if I'm wrong, I'm on these boys. You know, uh, butts this week. Like, like, yeah, we won. I don't mean nothing. Let's Paul, get this together. Paulie struggling to censor himself. Forward, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 you know, man. Hey, man. I, I like talking on y'all show. I want y'all to ban me. You know what I mean for my for my language. But yes. hey, ban from uh, the Russell thing, and uh, uh, Pete, show. Another thing, Pete. Another thing, Pete. And my man. And my man, the beard. I know he's listening too, man. You know what I mean. Shout out to nigga the beard. Hey, man. Stop with this Hanukkah high stuff. Hanukkah hustlers. All right. We ain't Beyonce. This ain't the Beyonce Bi. It's the Hanukkah Hustlers, baby. 
No, I mean, hell to the W, man. Victory Monday. All right, go, Paul. Man. Appreciate you. 301-230-0980. Whether it's a hive, whether they're hustling, Heineke's a winner. He was a winner yesterday, beating Aaron Rodgers by a count of 23-21. That, yeah, that's what's a part of what's trending right now here in the nation's capital. All right, so as we talk about the Commander's 23-21 win and what's ahead next Sunday, this Sunday, 425 Eastern time against Matt Ryan, Jim Irsay, and the Indianapolis Colts as the Commanders can get back to 4-4. Four and four. Ron Rivera meeting with the media now. Good news is there's no big injuries, so that's a positive. We'll see about Logan Thomas. We'll see about John Dotson. Sam Cosme was active yesterday, uh, didn't play a whole lot. Green Bay, meanwhile, again, losers of three in a row. How about this? They are 10.5 point underdogs at Buffalo next Sunday night, or again, this Sunday night, Buffalo, a bye week. Aaron Rodgers, according to ESPN, has never been a double-digit underdog in his NFL career. How do you like them apples? We await word from New York and Robert Sala on the status of Brees Hall, who is feared to have suffered a torn ACL that would obviously knock him out for the year. He's been a great part of the Jets' resurgence and it looks like J.C. Jackson, star free agent acquisition for the Chargers, uh, their corner from New England, and Mike Williams, uh, both could be lost for a significant amount of time. Wait for Brandon Staley to give official word on that. Meanwhile, Monday Night Football tonight here on the Team 980, it is the Bears. Justin Fields visiting Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. Pre-game coverage at 730, and that's what's trending. Hey, if you heard it through the grapevine at Washington 1 yesterday against Green Bay, you'd be correct. That's two in a row now for Washington. Chance to get to 500 with Indianapolis coming up this week. Ownership grudge match, Ursay Snyder. A lot of storylines coming out this week. Unfortunately, Chris, that is the one that will likely dominate uh, the storylines coming up this week. And it takes away a little bit from the on-field improvements being made by this Washington team. And I would ask you and, and ask the callers at 301-230-0980. In your mind, they've won two in a row. Where is the biggest improvement area that they're making right now? Where do you see the most improvement that is allowing them to win football games all of a sudden uh, here again after, I mean, look, I mean, you go back to that final series against Tennessee and just how gigantic it was that they didn't come through there. Yeah. I mean, you'd be playing for five and three, and you'd be in yep. the top seven seed right yep. now uh, for a potential playoff berth competing right. uh, in the NFC. Because the other three games were unwinnable that they lost. Detroit, Dallas, Philadelphia, or Detroit, Philadelphia, Dallas in that order. Those three games were unwinnable in terms of the way the game played out. Not unwinnable Correct. going in, Correct. but the way the Tennessee's the one that you, got away. You right? had a mild glimmer of hope getting back in the Detroit game mm-hmm. at one point. And then, because I think when it got to, oh boy, what was it? 29, 22, 28, 22 or something like that. They had it. They had the yeah, ball. Yeah, it was a one score game. And then maybe a, a turnover. Right. And then a turnover right. uh, kept them from right. uh, getting back in it completely. They, Correct. But the, it was an uphill climb. Absolutely. But the fact is, where have they made the most improvement here now in winning two games in a row? And I'm sure Ron's gonna Ron's talking to the media today. They're gonna talk about how confident they are right now and, and they're playing better football 
and that they're expecting to win uh, football games uh, right now, regardless of who the quarterback uh, is at this point. And to me, uh, again, as much time and, and but football by nature, we spend so much time on the offense. To me, Chris, it's the defense. All right. So I'm with you um, because the offense is still sputtering, I, I guess is the best way to put it. There's some bright moments. There's some positives. And then there's still some things that very much need to get more consistent. You know, again, red zone, we, we talk third down, all that stuff, right? Play calling. I, I, Paulie wants to blame everything in the world on Scott Turner. That's unfair. It's unfair. Um, I thought Scotty did a good job yesterday. Yes, he did. Uh, I, I thought he did a better job as the game went along in terms of mo- moving, again, the pocket a little mm-hmm. bit for Absolutely. Taylor Haneke. I think uh, my podcast partner, David Harrison, said at halftime that he had one snap, one snap in which they moved Heineke anywhere. I think that was the number. I have to double check, but I remember having that discussion with him. But either way, they they did a better job. And on the McLaurin touchdown, it's not like they rolled him out or waggled him or or booted him or anything like that. But there was a little bit of like shimmy shake play action out of pistol, which maybe holds Green Bay just enough. Because why? Because you're committed to running the ball. Ran for 166. Again, points come out of the passing game, Danny Ruye. The passing game has to be good to generate points. It wasn't up until that point and on that one particular throw. Well, outside of the Antonio Gibson one th- okay, he made a couple of good throws. Yes, points come from everywhere if you're good, if you're committed, if you're solid at it, if you're if you're proficient at it. And they were proficient at running the football, and that helps you with play action. Now, all these number numbnut analytical people will tell you that uh, running the ball has no effect on play action. BS. Every coach that's ever coached this game will tell you just the opposite. Okay? So I, I'd, I'd rather trust them. That being said, going back to the defense, Pete, I think what it is, they've been good on third down all year, right? They've been... They've been good on third down all year. I think they've tackled reasonably well for the most part this year. There's been some spots. Uh, clearly, Jamin Davis against Chicago. There were a couple of spots against Detroit, right? But I think they've tackled reasonably well. I think that for me, the number one area where this team has kind of like improved and uh, kind of taken that next step is that last year they could not get home by just rushing four. Last year, especially in the first half, when they had Chase Young and Montez Sweat, they could not consistently generate enough heat and pressure. This year, I mean, you look at that game yesterday, and while they weren't swarming Aaron Rodgers like constantly like, like they were Ryan Tannehill and Justin Fields, there was enough natural pressure that forced Aaron Rodgers to speed up his process. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it was his thumb, maybe it was his lack of weapons, maybe it was the fact that they knew no, nobody could stretch the field, so on and so forth. Jack didn't really blitz much at all yesterday. If he blitzed at all, he didn't blitz much at all. Uh, and they were able to play the safeties back, and they were able to take away the run and stop. Here's my point long winded. 
they're able to generate enough pressure and stop the run without constantly blitzing. And I'll take you back to the Detroit game. You remember on third and 15, they double blitz Cole Holcomb and Jamin Davis in a one score game after they had just scored. Uh, Detroit was bringing, you know, had the ball going down the field, third and 15. And you double a gap, uh, a double blitz your linebackers. You're only two on the field to try and get fancy, cute, and aggressive. And it blew up in their face because Swift catches the ball. There's nobody around him. Uh, then people come flying in, and he gets up, and he waltzes in for the 22-yard touchdown. Since that point, they have not had to blitz, and they haven't blitzed as much. I don't have the exact numbers, but that's just a feel thing. And yesterday, watching that game, they were able to generate whatever heat they had to. Yes, it helps that Green Bay did not have Bakhtiari. It's a second home game in a row where a team has been without their starting left tackle. And the thir- and the game in the middle of that at Chicago, they were starting a rookie left tackle. So, yes, that has helped. But the fact that they haven't had to send the kitchen sink and to sell out to generate heat, I think, has improved the defense across the board. And, and the, look, I mean, they left it in the hands of the guys up front yesterday. I mean, is that is that a fair no, thing? I mean, yeah, I mean, right. there's no question about yeah. it. I mean, but they they left it in the hands of the guys up front yesterday. They only had one quarterback hit and no sacks. Right, but th- still, that's what I'm saying. They weren't swarming still, him, but right, still forced him off of his line. As we like mm-hmm. to say, he wasn't able to just drop back and then throw the football, right. get it out uh, when he wanted to. There were right. a lot of times where Rodgers was on the move here. So don't necessarily let those numbers deter you about the way uh, the defense played yesterday. There's no question, though. Holcomb and Davis, since mm-hmm. since the Philadelphia game, the two of them have improved dramatically. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Their tackling ability has dr- dramatic. They're playing... They're playing more free in my mind now. They're not thinking. They're playing free out there, and they're going and attacking the ball, and that's what needed to happen for 55 and 52, and we're starting to see the results of that right now. Final hour of the show, 301-230-0980. Where has this team made the most improvement now in this two-game winning streak, looking for three, headed to Indianapolis this week with a 50-50 shot? On the road. 301-230-0980. Streaming live for free as always on the Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.